Hey, did you know Bluff Country is located in Mondovi? And it's your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier. Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed. Good morning. It's chore time at the shank of the day on Wax with Bob and Jill with you. Well, did we have any more cousins for Carl and Kathy and Katie and everybody else? Any more calves on the ground? No, no more calves on the ground. Well, We're stuck hold, at eight. Well, all right. Well, if they hold off for a day or two, they'll have some some good weather to come into this world as it's going to warm up. We'll talk about that. Lots of things going on. Unfortunately, in girls' basketball, we had to watch both St. Croix Falls and Nielsville lose yesterday in the tournament at Green Bay, but congratulations to the girls for getting there. Today, hopefully, better luck. Chippewa Falls McDonald's will play later on this morning, the second game in the Division Five round, and then this afternoon, Division Two Menominee will play about 130-135, so good luck to those young ladies who are in the state basketball tournament. And speaking of young ladies, we'll uh, have a major announcement referring to young ladies a little bit later on this morning in Madison, right? Yeah, Allison Dairyland finalists. All right, so we'll have, I believe, six will be announced to take over for Julia Nunes from Chippewa Falls Tilden, who has been our Alice for the last two years and done a wonderful job as Alice in Dairyland. She'll be down there with our uh, six new finalists. The finals, by the way, will be in May. We'll have our new Alice uh, towards the end of May, I think about the 21st, something like that. 75th Alice. So Julia is the only one that will say she was Alice for two years, and that is a good thing. Also, meetings coming up. We've been talking about these equity livestock meetings, annual meetings, and they're right away next week, aren't they? Yeah, District 4 for the Altoona Baron Markets is mon- is Monday at 11 o'clock at the Florian Gardens. District oops, District 7 is Sparta. That's also Monday, but that's at 7 o'clock, and that's at Club 16 in Sparta. And District 10, Stratford, is Friday. March 18th at 11 o'clock at Country Air in Stratford. I thought for sure they'd have that on March 17th in honor of Jerry Fitzgerald and his Irish heritage for St. Patrick's Day, but evidently not. So again, those are the equity meetings. We'll remind you of those. Uh, again, do business at Equity Livestock. We'll uh, we'll remind you of those coming up. All right, we got, uh, well, whether not to, I'll tell you, do you have anything that really grinds your gears or really makes you mad? <laughs> Boy, I tell you, I it's you go into these, you know, these gas stations, they're all sea stores now. Yeah. You know, I don't care who runs them. They're all sea stores. They got all the pumps and then they sell all the groceries. And these people, you know, it's and if it's not busy, it's no big deal. But when it's busy and they can see that all the pumps are full, they'll park in the pumps and maybe they'll get gas and maybe they won't. And then they'll walk into the store and go shopping. And I'm wanting to get gas. And I can't get to a pump because all these idiots are parking at the gas pump. 
even if they fill up, move your darn car and get it out of the way. So people who want to buy get don't go in there and they'll go to the bathroom and then they get a soda and a candy bar or maybe they'll get a gallon of milk or bread or Lord knows what. Think nothing of it to leave their car parked at the pump. I'm thinking, why don't they put signs out there? When you get gas, move your car. <laughs> yeah, because it's already pay at the pump. I know. So it's not like you have to go in to pay for it anymore. And if you want to go in, that's fine. But move your darn vehicle. Oh, so... That's my latest grind my gears. People parking at the pump and leaving their car there while they go shopping. And some people are in there for a long time. They don't don't even realize what's going on. So if you're one of those, get out of the way. (laughs) All right, let's take a look at our weather forecast this morning, shall we? If that's the biggest problem we had in this world, wouldn't it be a great place? But anyway, our weather always is in the morning here. Brought to you by Markwart Motors. Don't forget, they've got the area's largest pre-owned inventory with pre-owned selections arriving daily. Check them out on the lot or at markwartmotors.com. Cold out there this morning, and it's windy, too. I'd say breezy, but, uh, boy, in some places, just windy. Maybe a few flurries later on, but just a few, nothing to bother us. 19 right now, and that's going to be as good as it gets because everybody's pretty much in the teens or low 20s. Tomorrow, partly sunny and 23. Then I'm warming up, 41 on Sunday. And by the way, Saturday into Sunday, don't forget to turn your clocks ahead. We're going to daylight saving time. And then it will be 41 on Sunday, Monday, 40, Tuesday, 49, Wednesday, 53 degrees. Good cabin weather. And we've got, once again, 19 degrees. It's breezy. It's windy out there, so be careful. Not going to warm up much today either. About a minute after 5, again, 19 degrees, breezy out there. And that's as warm as it's going to get. It's going to go the other direction from here. But it'll still be in the teens for the high. Let's get some news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. President Biden is hitting a roadblock in his new plan to fight coronavirus. He wanted another $15 billion in emergency aid, but Congress dropped that from a bigger spending bill amid disputes over how to cover the cost. The White House says the money is desperately needed to develop new vaccines and to secure supplies of essential treatments. As it stands now, the administration will run out of one antibody drug by May and another by July. Officials are warning that Russia could use chemical weapons in an attack on Ukraine. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson told Sky News in the run-up to an attack, it's straight R chemical weapons being stored inside Ukraine by their opponents or by the U.S. And so when they themselves deploy uh, chemical weapons, as I, as I fear they, they may, they have a, a, a sort of a maskirovka, a, a fake story ready to go. An official with the Biden administration confirms the U.S. is concerned after Russia made a claim that Ukraine was planning a false flag chemical weapons attack. President Biden is taking more action amid the war in Ukraine. He's expected to reveal today the U.S. will call for an end to normal trade relations with Russia. This would make it easier for the White House to impose tariffs on Russian imports. The president talked about the impact the crisis is having on gas prices during yesterday's Democratic National Committee meeting. He said prices will soar even higher if they don't deal with Russia's leader now. The Internal Revenue Service is hiring 10,000 new employees in an attempt to handle a backlog of tax returns. Ryan Shook reports. They will add 5,000 in the next couple of months with another 5,000 by the end of next year. The agency has opened forms and requests that need to be attended to with the goal to get that number down to 1 million by the end of the year. I'm Brian Shook. And a North Carolina baby is thriving after making medical history. 13-month-old Easton is the first ever to receive a combination heart and thymus transplant. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. 
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Five minutes after five, if you're just rolling out, put your cap on lock when you head out to do chores because it's uh, windy out there. Some places uh, 20 miles an hour or better, but breezy at least all over the area. Maybe a few flurries later on, but just a few, nothing to get too excited about. So the day today won't warm up much. We're 19 in Eau Claire. The high forecast for today is 18, so that tells you what kind of a day we're going to have. And then maybe right around zero overnight. Tomorrow, 23 and partly sunny, then starting to warm up on Sunday, the first day of daylight saving time. And again, don't forget to turn the clocks ahead on Saturday night. Sunday, 41, 40 on Monday, 49 on Tuesday, about 53 on Wednesday. Nine degrees in Medford, 21 in Rice Lake, 13 in Wausau, 16 in Green Bay, Marshfield, 13, La Crosse, 19, Madison, Sun Prairie, 16 this morning, 22 at Milwaukee, and right now, as we told you, 19 degrees, and it's breezy in our area. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual Insurance is rewarding their farm policyholders for their loyalty and commitment to Wisconsin agriculture through their farm dividend program. The farm dividend pays up to 5% back on your farm premium. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn how you could qualify. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And Rural Mutual Insurance bringing us our Friday morning markets. And Jill, the cash livestock. Choice fed beef steers are 132 to 143 with mixed at 112 to 131. Choice fed beef heifers are 131 to 140 with mixed at 90 to 131. Choice fed Holstein steers are 119 to 130 with selects at 65 to 118. Cows are 61 to 69 with a top of 85 and a half. Bulls are 75 to 102. Butcher hogs are 67 to 80. Sows are 66 to 70. Boars are coming at 27 to 27 and a half. New crop market lambs are 2 to 220. And feeder lambs are 175 to 360. And at the Mercantile Exchange Livestock Futures, cattle were lower. Hogs were mixed yesterday. April live cattle closed 135.90. That was down a dollar sixty-seven. June down a dollar and a half at one thirty-two forty-five at the close. August cattle one thirty-four sixty-five down ninety-seven. October cattle one forty-two forty-five down a half a dollar. Feeder cattle for April one fifty-six twenty-five down three ninety. May at one sixty-one eighty down four twelve. August one seventy-five sixty-seven down three forty-five. And September at one seventy-eight forty-five down three ten. As we mentioned, the hogs were mixed yesterday, April 100.10, $100.10. That's uh, down about a dollar five. May hogs 107.37, that's down 2. June up 97 at 114.90. July up a dollar five at 114.10. Board of Trade, the grain markets are really they're really a, something to follow now, aren't they? Corn and soybeans Big exports yesterday, those markets were higher. Soybeans getting almost $17 on the May contract. Wheat fell again, poor exports, and all the volatility in Ukraine. Are we going to get wheat out of there or not in the shipping channels? So uh, while they were up yesterday, 
Corn and beans a little lower overnight. July corn down one this morning at 724. July oats down seven at 601. July soybeans down eight cents, sitting at 1651. July meal down two dollars and ten cents a ton at 467.10. And wheat overnight was up 28 at 1073 after the big drops yesterday. Dairy markets lower yesterday. Barrel cheese down a cent and a half to two oh seven. Blocks were unchanged at two twenty three and a quarter. Butter down eight and a half at two sixty nine and a quarter. Class three prices were lower again yesterday. March down twelve at twenty two forty two. No twenty four dollar milk on the board anymore. As April, May, and June all fell thirty seven cents. April twenty three eighty nine. May twenty three eighty eight. June twenty three eighty three. July 2350, that was down 35 as we take a look at the markets. Brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. It's 10 minutes after 5. It's breezy out there. In some places, it's just windy. And highs today are going to be in the teens. That's it. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, some things going on that we should know about in Wisconsin as we look at some of our farm news. Jill, what's happening? Later this morning, we'll find out who the finalists are to be our 75th Alice in Dairyland. That announcement will happen in downtown Madison. Six finalists are expected to be named as they get ready for the Alice finals to be held May in Dane County. The new Alice will be selected at a ceremony in Madison on May 21st. The new Alice will take over for Julia Nunes of Chippewa Falls, who served as both our 73rd and 74th Alice in Dairyland because of the COVID-19 pandemic. I even had the chance to interview her, and boy, she is one well-spoken lady. She's a nice young lady and done a great job as our Alice in Dairyland. And it's also time for Wisconsin dairy farmers to nominate producers to serve on the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin board. Every year, one-third of the board is up for election or re-election. In our area, that includes District District 3, Lincoln, Oneida, Pierce, and Taylor Counties, District 6, Chippewa and Eau Claire Counties, District 12, Portage, Washera, and Wood Counties, District 15, Adams, Juneau, Man, Monroe Counties, and District 21, Crawford and Vernon Counties. Nominations are due March 31st. And one quick correction here, District 3 is Price County, not Pierce County. So, again, that uh, makes a difference. Pierce is in a completely different district. Well, you had a chance, uh, what, I think earlier this week, to go up to Chippewa Falls and find out about cheese curds. What's that all about? Yeah, I I was uh, invited to the grand opening for Water's Edge Cheese Curds in downtown Chippewa Falls. Luke Gruby is the general manager and they take cheese and they put a uh, recipe together and they cut them up into square cheese curds. And they now have the patent for square cheese curds. So we're going to find out how they got started. Well, we started in the back of the Edge Pub and Eatery out in Lake Wissota in a 10 by 10 room. And we started with selling maybe five, ten cases a month. And in a few years, we grew up into a, a, a 1,500 square foot building in Jim Falls. We kept everything local. We get all of our cheese from Lagrander's out in Stanley. And this year is our grand opening in our new facility. It holds our production and warehouse, and we ship everything directly out of downtown Chippewa now. We are very excited about being downtown uh, it's a great community a lot of people are helping out it's a great location and we're happy to finally open up 
and get revenue coming into the area. Where does your milk come from? So our cheese itself comes out of Lagranders out in Stanley. We buy our curds pre-curded. We get yellow and white curds from, from Stanley. And what we do is we end up taking our product, their product, and we have our own secret little recipe. And we mix it all together and we freeze it. And then we cut them into squares, one inch square blocks. And that is what sets us apart from most other cheese curd companies. Uh, we were voted number one cheese curd twice now at Stone Arch Brew Pub. But what we do is we take our authentic recipe and we add their specially brewed beer. And that's how we get the Stone Cellar brought a beer curd. What sets us also apart is we have six different varieties of cheese curds. We have white, yellow, bacon, jalapeno, garlic, and ghost pepper. We're the first ones that I know of to do a brat cheese curd as well. And we've been as far as Jacksonville, Florida to New York, all the way out to Seattle, Washington. And we have a frequent flyer down in Colorado. So we're, we've got a pretty big spread going on our product. And our biggest thing is we just want people to get a little experience of the Wisconsin way, getting a good beer and a good cheese curd down and nothing beats it. Grabbing cheese from somebody else, putting in your recipe and spreading out that good Wisconsin cheese. What's your goal for size and how big do you want to get for spreading out your cheese? That's a great question. Right now we're just, we're all just having fun with it. Um, Rick Drolet, who owns He's a co-owner at a street level down in Madison. He is a co-owner in Water's Edge Cheese Curds, and he, he owns a food brokerage down there. So he's got a lot of connections, and he's having a lot of fun meeting a lot of new people. He's traveling. He's getting his people out with our product, and, and it's it's an amazing process. How big do we want to go? We want to go as big as we can. Um, it would be amazing if everybody from California to South Carolina to Maine all knew what our curds tasted like and nobody knows the down south they have no idea what curds taste like down there and we've shipped them down there and it just blows people's minds it is it's a unique experience you're shipping your curds out as far as you can go but you are marketing them locally too through what is it two gals and a fryer tell me about that yeah that's funny last spring my mother my sister and i who all work at water's edge cheese curds decided that to promote a little bit of the water's edge curds and to have a little fun ourselves we opened up a food trailer and we hit rock fest country fest somerset uh, we we've gone to a lot of big events in the area and a lot of small time ones we hung out at autumn harvest we hung out at wineries throughout the area we met a lot of cool people and we're out there slinging curds every day for an entire summer i mean we had a lot of fun we've met a lot of people from out of state who have never experienced cheese curds especially our cheese curds people come from all over to go to these big festivals and all we do is have fun and chit chat and sell cheese it's Kind of the Wisconsin way, if you ask me. I think that's the, that is the Wisconsin way. Boy, what a neat story. I'm glad you went up there and did that with uh, Rick Gruby. Luke Gruby. Luke Gruby. And uh, boy, oh boy, he's got he's got the right attitude and doing a good job out there. Yep, up at Water's Edge Cheese Curds. Now, he doesn't have a retail store, so he can't go in the storefront with his one-inch square cubes. But we could order them, couldn't we, and have them delivered to us? 
Well, if we if we order a whole big case, oh. it's eighteen pounds. I don't know, Bob. Well, it might take well, us a little bit an, to get through that. You got an event coming up; might be kind of fun. But congratulations to Luke and his staff. You said the staff was just great, and they were all doing a good job and having a good time. Staff was just great. They said that Luke is awesome to work with, and they get the job done. They're really looking forward to two thousand cases a week. That's a lot of cheese to go through. A lot of cheese curds. So again. Thanks to uh, creative, inventive people like Luke and his staff. More uses for our good Wisconsin milk. Best cheese curds in the world right here in Wisconsin. All right, good story. Thanks, Joe, with Luke, and uh, keep up the good work up there, Luke. 18 minutes after 5 o'clock, Tammy Baldwin's going to join us, our Democratic state, our Democratic senator from Wisconsin. She signed on to a bill having to do with Russian oil. We'll hear about that next on WAX. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. How does the world make Valerie Putin come to his senses? It's a tough, tough job, and the United States Senate is working to uh, put some pressure on him, at least in the area of energy. Senator Tammy Baldwin is with us, our Wisconsin Democratic Senator. And, Senator, you've been working hard in the effort to end this massacre, for lack of a better word, in Ukraine. One of the ways you're doing is to sign on with other senators on both sides of the aisle on a Russian oil import bill. What is that bill, and what is it all about, and what do you hope to accomplish? First, let me be really clear. I support punishing uh, Vladimir Putin with a ban on Russian oil imports to the United States. And... um, that is part of the bill um, that we've introduced um, called the Homefront Energy Independence Act. So uh, while we ban the import of Russian oil in order to punish uh, Putin for his aggression and invasion of Ukraine, um, we also uh, are trying to help Wisconsinites and people throughout the U.S. who are feeling um, the the Putin price spike uh, at, at our uh, at the pump. So this bipartisan solution will increase the production of made in America biofuels and um, uh, and help lower costs for Americans as they fill up their tanks uh, at the pump. As we look at this bill, one description of it I saw. The bill would permanently ban Russian oil and gas imports. Is that correct, or did somebody erroneously put the word permanently in there? Well, I believe that we ought to uh, try to be as energy independent as possible. Um, And, uh, you know, uh, I I don't think that's inappropriate, especially when we look at the fact that we can produce. uh, more uh, ethanol and uh, biofuels domestically. You know, it's interesting to note that our current excess ethanol capacity domestically is nearly the same amount as uh, uh, Russian gas the U.S. has been importing. So roughly 83 million barrels versus 87 million barrels. Um Wow, you know that's that's worth noting. We can uh, replace it uh, with um, made in American uh, biofuels. And we do have some hurdles in our country to get over. 
It's not sold year-round all over the country. Not all stations have pumps. Is there something in the bill that would encourage, at least financially or otherwise, to expand it year-round and put in more pumps for E15? Yes, there are. So this bipartisan solution will increase production um, and help lower costs. The bill would make E15 available year-round. It would also establish an E15 and biodiesel tax credit. It would direct the uh, EPA to finalize their E15 labeling rule. And it would provide for biofuel infrastructure and compatibility with retailers. Uh, so, you know, I've long been a champion of Wisconsin's biofuel industry, and now is the time. Now is the time to open up the use of clean, American-made, renewable fuels that are available right now to replace this banned Russian oil. And it looks like the senators who have signed on to this, both sides of the aisle, are are mostly from the Midwest, if not strictly from the Midwest, to biofuel-producing areas. Is there going to be a problem with oil state senators signing on to a bill like this? There's always been that give and take between oil and ethanol. Yeah, you know, um, first of all, we're, we're proud as Heartland senators to uh, be supporting as clean and renewable uh, uh, biofuel uh, uh, solution to what's happening right now with, uh, uh, you know, the, the price spike that uh, really falls on uh, on Putin, um, the price spike that uh, our constituents are facing at the pump. And we're proud to represent states that can provide a clean and renewable solution. Um, at the same time, I would say uh, from those uh, from oil states, uh, that right now I think uh, we are experiencing more, uh, you know, the fossil fuel production in the U.S. than ever before, and our oil companies are sitting on unused leases um, that uh, they certainly could be using. So, uh, uh, you know, there are ways in which domestically we can uh, work hard to uh, to reverse these price spikes, but uh, let's be clear. Uh, uh, I support punishing Putin with a ban on Russian oil imports, and uh, I also support doing everything we can to help relieve the real pain, uh, the Putin pain, uh, at the at, at the pump. Is there a companion bill in the House, and what's your feeling? for this bill going to committee and, and getting to a floor vote. Uh, this is getting painful at the pump for us right now. How soon can this bill be acted upon in both houses? Yeah, so um, first of all, I mean, as I was listing the various things that uh, this bill accomplishes, some of these um, are very quick. And some of the elements would take longer. Obviously, building out the biofuel infrastructure, um, it takes a little bit longer than uh, a decision to make E15 available year-round, right? That can happen very quickly. Uh, but we have to, that's why we should not be just looking at one strategy, but multiple strategies. I support the president's move to um, draw down some of our reserves in the strategic 
petroleum reserve um, and uh, to continue to do that to reverse some of the pain that um, uh, we're feeling at the pump right now. Um, but I think, you know, we have to use multiple strategies um, uh, in order to uh, address the, uh, you know, address this problem. You've signed on to other bills as well to ban Russian energy imports, but the Home Front Energy Independence Act that we're talking about right now, does this consolidate everything into one bill, or are we still having fragmented bills out there dealing with the various aspects of Russian energy oil imports into this country? Well, this is the the Home Front Energy Independence Act really... uh, focuses on um, our capacity uh, with regard to clean, renewable biofuels to replace uh, 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 what we're banning. So the bill does, in fact, ban Russian oil imports, which I think is completely appropriate given uh, the unlawful and aggressive invasion of Ukraine. Um, But... It, uh, it poses uh, the biofuel uh, solution uh, to, uh, to fuel America. And again, that's Senator Tammy Baldwin, a Wisconsin Democratic senator. She signed on to that bill and uh, tried to check, did not know, do not know at this time if uh, Senator Johnson, Ron Johnson, signed on to that bill. We tried to get a hold of his office yesterday and asked the question and didn't have much luck, but we'll keep trying because, uh, again, this is uh, everybody's focused on Russia right now, and that's uh, one bill they're trying to get through to ban Russian oil imports into this country, as I asked for that. So one that permanently ban, and that's then do we have to have legislation if we ever get back uh, in good graces with Russia? Who knows? 5.30 in the morning, we'll get some other news coming up. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're about 29 minutes now before 6 o'clock. Let's get some other news. Morgan joins us. Good morning, Morgan. Hey, good morning, Mr. Bosold. Well, you got the uh, little girl, little daughter, Siggy, who mm-hmm. uh, we all know so well around here. You mm-hmm. tell me she's into athletics. Is she watching the girls' high school basketball tournament? She is. She's watching the basketball tournament and cheering on some local athletes. It's fun for her to see now coming off the court herself. She gets to watch and she can see it through a different lens. Some of her neighbors, Madame, plays later on mm-hmm. today. So hopefully yeah. she gets a chance to watch that. Absolutely. Glad to support the local teams yeah, in absolutely. action. Hopefully they do well. McDonald and Menominee today. All right, what's going on in the news? Well, we're going to start with those headlines, and that's going to keep us uh, here and making a splash with the one that, well, literally got away. State Department of Natural Resources says 31-year-old Carson Taylor from Osseo didn't have a valid fishing license when he caught a 26-inch walleye from the east side of Lake Eau Claire last month. The DNR had revoked a license because Taylor was out on bond in another case, and because that bond required him not to commit any new crimes, Taylor could now be looking at three years in prison. In other headlights, it was a green light in La Crosse as they look to extend an arrangement for the homeless population. City Council last night agreed to continue their arrangement with the local Econolodge in that area, and that's to house homeless. Originally, that plan was to pay for three more months of rooms, though that was extended for another month as of that meeting decision last night. Council Member Mackenzie Mindell saying they need some time to figure out what would happen next with the homeless after the end of April. 
Well, from the uniforms to the scrubs, about 150 Wisconsin National Guard troops are now in a new role as certified nursing assistants. With a little 715 Newsroom coverage, John DeMaster brings us the story. The troops graduated this week. They were called up and sent to training during the worst of Wisconsin's Omicron spike. The troops were supposed to go to hospitals and long-term care centers across the state to help overwhelmed staffers there. As of Thursday, there are just 316 people in the hospital with the virus in the state and 60 in the ICU. Guard commanders yesterday said some of the troops will still be sent on their hospital aid missions. I'm John DeMaster. And your window to become an owner of the Green Bay Packers is closed, at least for now. Though fans overall snapped up nearly 200,000 shares during the latest stock sale. So if you're crunching the numbers and doing the math, we're talking about $66 million more million raised for the team. They say they plan to fold that right back into renovations and improvements at Lambeau Field. Oh, boy. <laughs> Scam? Can you call? I mean, I'm a stockholder. I bought it the first time they did this, right. so I'm one of them, and I'm nice to have that certificate on the wall. But it's uh, every time they do that, I just laugh. Well, then we take it from the field to the diamond. At least we have a date there. We're going to uh, April seventh as the opener for the Brooker in uh, Cubbies is uh, who they're going to take on day one. So time to fire up the brats and hear Euchre on the radio again. Oh yeah, if they actually get to work. And all these guys, these free agents, waiting to sign. Multi-million dollar contracts. Yeah, I, uh, I'll never know the feeling. I no, can tell you that. I don't think I will either. <laughs> Thanks, Morgan. Anytime, Bob. Morgan in the newsroom this morning taking a look at the news. Well, how about our weather? Today's nothing to write home about, but uh, hang on. It's going to get better, I think. Let's find out. Chippewa Valley Bean bringing us the weather. Mike Dandry is over at Skywarn 13. Boy, oh boy, today and Wednesday are going to be a couple of different days, buddy. Oh, yeah. we uh, Well, Mother Nature likes to keep us on our toes, and uh, today she wants to give us a little bit of winter. I mean, we have that Arctic air really taking hold, and while our temperature right now in the low 20s, it's going to drop as we have a cold front moving in from the west. And, uh, well, we're mostly going to hang out in the low to mid-teens for most of the day. Will be pretty breezy too, and winds will occasionally gust upwards of 30 miles per hour, so that's going to make it feel like it's below zero for most of the day. Later tonight, some clouds will start to clear out. That'll allow our temperatures to dip to around negative five later on this evening. This will set up a sunny day tomorrow. It's going to look nice out there, but it is a deceptively sunny type day. Temperatures will remain in the low 20s for the most part, and wind chills still feeling pretty cold. By tomorrow night, though, we'll start to see maybe a chance of a few flakes, but otherwise mostly cloudy conditions. And this is where the warm-up starts. Our temperatures start to rise through the overnight. And by Sunday, we'll have a gorgeous, mostly sunny day. Temperatures getting into the low 40s, which, well, I mean, that is our average, but it would feel really nice right about now. Anyways, then going into Monday, we have a slight chance of a little bit of some showers early in the day, but highs again in the low 40s before we warm up Tuesday into the upper 40s. And Wednesday, potentially those low 50s. Going to feel really nice. All the college kids are going to be out on the yard with their 50-degree party. I think I'm going to have to wear my shorts, drive with the windows (laughs) down, you know, all that fun stuff. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) I heard you say a little while ago... Your measured winds in some places, 20 miles an hour this morning? Yeah, upward, like by uh, Baldwin, Rice okay. Lake, and yeah, 20 miles per hour, and Bob, that's heading our way. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll put our caps on lock and make it through. Yep. Hold on to your hats. Have a good weekend, Mike. You too, Bob. We'll talk to you next week. There you go. Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13 looking at the weather on WAC. Brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. Chippewa Valley Bean is excited to welcome spring and all the opportunity it brings. And as you think about what you're planting in your fields, Chippewa Valley Bean wants you to consider growing a crop of kidney beans. Kidney beans are a great addition to your rotation and bring great value back to your farm. If you're looking for new 
new opportunities for your farm, give their agronomist Ben a call at 715-556-1930. That's 715-556-1930. Or visit them at cvbean.com. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 20 minutes to 6, 21 degrees right now. And again, breezy, windy out there, especially right now up in Rice Lake. But that's coming our way, this Arctic little short-lived Arctic blast coming our way today. And, uh, well, 5 below tonight, 23 tomorrow. So, But it'll warm up over the weekend. Speaking of uh, weather... And we've got dry weather. You go out west here, and the western part of the United States is very, very dry. La Nina hitting our part of the world, but uh, also down south, Joe. What's going on? The ongoing drought in South America means the global soybean crop continues to shrink. The latest forecast from the National Supply Company in South America now forecasts the combined crop in Brazil, Argentina, and Paraguay to be the smallest in the last three to four years. Brazil's crop is expected to be down about 9%. Argentina, the world's largest exporter of soybean oil and meal, is looking at a 7% smaller crop, while Paraguay, the world's fourth biggest soybean exporter, is looking at a 50% drop in soybean production this year. That all translates into soybean prices that are now the highest in nine years, with U.S. export prices up 25% since December. Yeah, and uh, and then you add the Ukraine in there, and uh, boy, what's going to happen? These markets are very, very volatile. Well, some things going on in the calendar before we get to to the markets. One is uh, something we've talked about already, and that's later on today. We will know the six finalists who are vying to be our next or our 75th Alice in Dairyland. That announcement later today, and uh, whoever is chosen in May down in Dane County They'll take over for Julia Nunes from Chippewa Falls, the Tilden area. Julia served as our 73rd and 74th Alice in Dairyland and has done a tremendous job. But what else is going on here in the next uh, few days or so? Well, Equity has announced their in-person 2022 annual district meetings. And in our area for the Altoona Barren Markets, that is next Monday, March 14th at 11 o'clock at Florian Gardens. And for District 7 is for Sparta. That's also on Monday, but they're at 7 o'clock, and that's at Club 16 in Sparta. And District 10, Stratford, is that next Friday, March 18th at 11 o'clock at Country Air in Stratford. And uh, other things going on, uh, don't forget, Dairy Farmers, Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board, now known as Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin Board, We've got uh, nominations coming up, uh, District 3, District 6, District 12, 15, and 21, all having elections this year. Of course, next week we've got Professional Dairy Producers of Wisconsin coming up on the 16th and 17th. And uh, anything else coming up uh, in the next few days, a week? Well, and today you can get trained as a private pesticide oh. applicator training out of Clark County. Good. Where's that going to be? That is at the court. Courthouse Auditorium, today starting at 9 o'clock. All right, so again, some things coming up, and we'll take a more deep dive into the calendar uh, later on. We've got some, oh, some meals coming up and uh, different activities happening, so we'll get to some of those things as we get a little bit closer. We're getting closer to the markets right now. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We are going to get to the markets, but if you're... Uh, 
farm toy collector or like to go to those shows, there is one coming up this weekend. Not necessarily right here in our area, Jill. Where is it? It's at New Holstein. It's at the New Holstein High School, Sunday the 13th, starting at 9 o'clock, going till 3. Their mission is $3 per person. And it is the 27th annual toy show, farm toy and show craft show. All right, that's in New Holstein. And also, I uh, saw this morning the Holstein Association and Clark County getting together here later this month. What's that all about? Well, they're getting together at Fanny's Supper Club in Nielsville on Wednesday the 23rd at 12 o'clock. You need to get some reservations in before that. All right, so that's coming up. That's going to be a, a joint meeting coming up with uh, Clark County and anybody with the Wisconsin Holstein Association. Get to Fanny's. What's the date of that again? The 23rd at 12 o'clock. All right, so uh, some things coming up, and there's, of course, a lot more coming up, including markets on wax. It's quarter to six. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 13 minutes to six. It's pretty windy out there. Well, let's hear from Jim Lindsay from Altoona Equity. Choice beef steers and heifers, $1.15 to $1.36. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, $1.10 to $1.36. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, $1.20 to $1.34. Choice Holstein steers, $1.10 to $1.19. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, $1.09 and down. Top 20% of the cull cows sold from 74 to 84. We did top at 93.50 in a high yielding fleck bay cow. 60% of the cows sold from 56 to 73. Bottom 20% of the cows sold from 55 and down. 80% of the organic cows on Tuesday sold from 85 to $1.05. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 84 and down. Cold bulls sold from 70 to $1. Thin full horn and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 70 to $170 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $70 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $100 to $270 per head. Sows on Thursday sold from $70 to $73. We did top at $75. Here are prices for fancy vaccinated feeder cattle from our last sale, which was held here on March 4th. 3 to 600-pound beef steers, $1.20 to $1.90. 6 to 900-pound beef steers, $1.15 to $1.67. 3 to 600-pound beef heifers, $1.15 to $1.67. 6 to 900-pound beef heifers, $1.10 to $1.46. Three to six hundred pound Holstein steers, seventy-five to a dollar fifteen. Six to nine hundred pound Holstein steers, seventy to a dollar eight. We're now selling organic cattle on Tuesdays at the Altoona Market. Please have all cattle and appropriate paperwork to the barn by eleven a.m. the day of sale. Our next special feeder sale is Friday, March eighteenth. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at seven one five eight three five. 3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 10 minutes to 6 at Wax on a Friday morning. Getting breezy out there. Well, actually windy. It's uh, going to be cold. Cold snap blowing in, but it'll be short. Jerry Fitzbacher. Jerry Fishbacher. <laughs> Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. From over at Stratford, good morning, uh, Jared. I was thinking about our buddy Dave Fishbacher, who ran the Equity Altoona Barn for so many years, and uh, Dave's uh, been having some up-and-down health issues, so uh, we're thinking of Dave and hoping he's uh, doing well. I know you worked with him for a lot of years, and he was a fun guy, and is a, he is a fun guy, but uh, I always enjoyed talking to Dave. Well, uh, Bob, good morning to you. Yeah, we... Uh 
we keep in touch. Uh, Dave and I keep in touch. But like you said, he uh, uh, he ran Altoona in, uh, for many, many years and well-known throughout the area. And he's, uh, uh, like I said, he's uh, a very hard-working guy. So we hope that uh, his health get all rectified and stuff. But, yeah, we'll keep him in touch. And uh, it's, uh, but, uh, you know, we're all a little bit older every yep, day, I guess. Yep, yeah, and old Dave, he volunteered his talents. He's one of the best auctioneers you ever heard. Oh, man, he could roll it with his tongue, that's for sure. And I'm sure he still could if he's uh, au- auctioneering. But uh, volunteered to do a lot of sales and just uh, did a whole lot of a lot of good things in the livestock industry and just around the community. A fun guy to talk to. And, Dave, hopefully you're, you're doing well. Well, wrap up the markets over at Stratford, Jer. I better do that, Bob. I thank you, and a very good morning to everyone out there. Uh, this past week here at Equity Stratford, and uh, markets up in the cow cows this week. We strong good on the close yesterday. Higher yielding Holstein cows were seventy four to eighty one and a half. Earlier in the week, we did see some of these fancy Holstein cows up to eighty five. Stream on the top cow market this past week here in Stratford was on 91. Uh, that was on some beef cows. So quite a few of those beef cows on Wednesday from 86 to 91. Most of your cows this week continue to sell between 60 and 74. Thinner cows below the $60 money. The bull trade this week, your better quality bulls are mostly from 85 to 105. Fancy Angus bulls on Wednesday up to 110. Fighter weight bulls below 80. On the Fed cattle trade, maybe just a tick weaker on the Fed cattle, but still very good demand. Choice grading Holstein steers 105 to 120. Being choice strictly prime Holsteins 120 to 127. Select grading cattle below 105. Demand on the Holstein bull calves fully steady 85 to 175. The bull calves on Monday to 195. Unfortunately, very limited demand on the heifer calves. Calves very strong 150 to 370. A lot of these calves on Monday from 375 to 445. And we'll take a look at our sales schedule for next week. Full marketing week on tap, of course. Our next dairy sale will be next week. That will be March 5th. And uh, we do have a complete milking herd dispersal, 40 Holstein cows for that sale next week. And, uh, again, tie stall milk left outside all every day. The owner, of course, is retiring. Another consignment of 19 uh, Jersey Holstein, Jersey Holstein cross cows. And most of those are first and second lactation. And, of course, our next feeder cattle sale next Wednesday. We do have a lot of information on our website, some upcoming sales here in March and April. So I encourage you folks to take a look at that, Equity Co-op, click on our Stratford page. And uh, to uh, folks mentioned uh, earlier, our annual district meeting here in Stratford will be one week from today. So that on your calendar. March continues. A lot of stuff going on, Bob, and we got to take some time watch the basketball tournaments this week. Absolutely. Girls and Big Ten, a lot of things going on. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you next week. You bet, Bob. It's windy today, so you better, uh, you always get hit first with the wind, so. Well, that's for sure. There's going to be some wind out there. Already is, so be prepared. Let's take a look at the rest of our markets. Board of Trade mix mostly lower this morning. July after a big day yesterday for corn and soybeans. July corn this morning down a penny at seven twenty four. The oats down seven on the July contract six oh one. July soybeans down eight at sixteen fifty one. And July meal down two ten a ton four sixty seven ten. Wheat after being down yesterday up overnight on the July contract up twenty eight at ten seventy three. Country elevator prices. Doomer's Grain of Holman and Buck Country are Arcadia. Corn is at 681 and soybeans are 1609. Wheat and Grain, Chippewa Falls and Connorsville locations 
Corn is at six seventy five and beans are at five fifteen ninety nine. Head over to DTN screen, Golden Plump, corn today, 664 at Baldwin, Elmwood, and Fall Creek, 669 and 1593. Corn at Durand is 667, soybeans, 1593. Mondovi corn is at 671 with the beans at 1593. And Osu has a corn at 674 with the beans at 1593. Over in Stevens Point, 1591 for the soybeans. Elk Mound, 660 and 1602. Sparta corn, 681. Beans, 1596. Ellsworth, 664 and 1578. At the Boysville Ethanol Plant, corn, 696. Barrel cheese, a cent and a half lower yesterday, 207. Blocks unchanged, 223 and a quarter. The butter, down eight and a half at 269 and a quarter. Class three lower yesterday. March down 12 at 2242. April, May, and June down 37. April 2389. May 2388. June 2383. And July down 35 at 2350. And again, a breezy, windy day today. It's not going to go with 21 right now, but it's going to cool off from there. So it'll be high in the teens during daylight hours. Warming up by Wednesday, it'll be 53. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.